Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I think we have a lot of young guys playing right now, so I think it's a good opportunity for them to, you know, get on the field and kind of see what it feels like to play. And, um, you know, hopefully we just keep building, keep building up the younger guys, getting them in and just getting them, you know, more confident with playing and stuff like that. So, um, you know, just like I said with, you know, Thomas last game, it was, you know, his first opportunity. So hopefully some other guys get some, you know, opportunities to, you know, go out there and show what they can do and hopefully they strive. And that's Justin Fields talking about the young guys getting an opportunity. He's getting an opportunity, of course, and has been for most of this season. And we'll see if he can play this week. I mean, that was uh, in doubt. And we heard from Patrick Finley there, Ranji, that uh, we will find out what's going on with Justin Fields more around 1 o'clock this afternoon and uh, see because he did not practice yesterday. So one of the reasons to watch the Bears uh, is – Justin Fields, clearly the number one reason to watch the Bears is him. And we'll have to see as to uh, the health of Justin Fields' ankle uh, as the Bears meet the media today. That's Chris Ranji and Mike Esposito. We are in for Bernstein and Rahimi today here on Chicago Spurts Radio 670, the score uh, and talking Bears uh, and talking Fields. We also got plenty of uh, newspaper comments here, buddy. I can't believe it. Lots of people are with me on this. Espo, what what is wrong with you all? No, so so this is it. I mean, and I I'm sure it's it's filtered by age group, right? The uh, the older, uh, but true. But uh, the hard copy daily newspaper, I value it despite its ever shrinking page count and reduced staffing. Uh, I am a hundred percent with you on that. An eight one five texter gets three everyday papers to his driveway. Take that, Ranji. Well, um, all right. Let let me ask this question. Um, sure. Is it d- does a newspaper get more income if you get a hard copy of their paper as opposed to just subscribing digitally? I actually, I'm going to guess I probably cost the newspaper more every year because they have to deliver See, me my hard copy paper. You're putting the Sun Times out of business. That's what you're doing right now. <laughs> I'm I'm sure the Sun Times and the Tribune are are uh, I'm the least of their problems, but uh, this goes back literally to when and, and I'm totally dating myself. But when I was a kid, 
And you literally just had you literally just had uh, to either watch the the late news to get your baseball scores, or you had to wait until the next morning until you got the paper hit in the driveway to to get the box scores for your for your baseball games. Uh, my grandfather was up at the crack of dawn, and he would bring us the newspaper every single morning. So before I went to school, I was in there reading my baseball and football box scores and whatever. And I have just kind of carried that throughout my life, even as a young 20 something living in the city, I subscribed to the paper and, you know, people would steal it off your stoop because there's, you know, 25 people living in your apartment complex, but I still got my paper, Chris. I still got it. it, That's here's, it's funny to me. You're talking (laughs) about this and there's a, I'm going to try to make this quick. There's a new show on HBO max and it's called station 11. And I just started watching it and it actually starts in Chicago and it's, I think it's based on a book that was written about seven or eight years ago. And it's about a a pandemic that kills everybody, you know, except for a few people and whatever. And it starts in, it starts in the city. Um, You know, they're at a movie theater or whatever. So Mm -hmm. they kind of like keep going back and forth in the timeline and they show like 20 years after uh, the pandemic's over and, you know, whoever's left is still there. And there's a a woman who was alive pre-pandemic and she's talking to a person who was born after it. And the people born after it don't know anything about it because they weren't alive when it all went down. Mm-hmm. And she has a cell phone. Like, she has a mobile phone. And the, and the young girl's like, so, like, you could read anything on this? And she's like, yes. Like, everything. Like, any play <laughs> you ever wanted to read was on uh-huh. that thing. Any music you wanted was on that. Like, everything was on this on this phone. She's like just wow like i can't believe it you know and i wonder if like that's you know that's going to be me you know 30 years from now uh hopefully i make it that long uh 30 years from now telling grandkids if i ever have those uh yeah i used to wake up and scroll through twitter for a half hour in my bed i'm looking at twitter what's twitter Twitter? yeah yeah it's well (laughs) it's this thing where people are just complete a-holes for no reason or (laughs) people are funny or you get breaking news like it's any of those things and, and to and to make it clear, I do use the newspaper apps. I do have the Tribune app and the Sun Times app and the New York Times app, and you name it, right? And I have it, and I pay for my digital content, and I get the Athletic, uh, which is um, wonderful. Um, but I, I do like the hard copy newspaper. Uh, I know I'm not alone. Uh, we got a text here from D Bernstein in Roscoe Village says I also oh. get the newspaper delivered. So <laughs> that was that was uh, a. a uh, a good one uh, for our tech from our text line here, but uh, it, it's it's just a thing. If you don't like uh, or never got the hard copy paper, you probably have no use for it, and you think I'm a dinosaur. If you grew up with the hard copy paper, as I did, I love it. I've never gotten away from it, and I, I know. Yeah, I'm probably the dream of uh, newspaper people all across the uh, the city listening to this right now. But that's it, really, honestly. And that's that's that was uh, one of the things I always look forward to every morning was looking up my box scores, right? So you could do it all online, and I do, but I, I enjoy having the, the hard copy paper as well. Well, I, I, I guess I do, too. It's just that I'm so used to not having it for the last several years because I only do the digital subscriptions that I, I guess I don't need it anymore. Uh-huh. 
you know, but there is something about having a physical newspaper, I, I guess. I'm just surprised you're still going out to the driveway I, in your PJs because you're in your PJs right now. Yeah. I, see, <laughs> yes. I see you going out there with your, your <laughs> Illinois sweatshirt and your pajama pants and a cup uh-huh. of coffee, walking yeah. out and, and, and looking across the street and saying, oh, hey, Ted, uh, because yeah. Ted's out washing his car. It's actually Tom across the street, but uh, it's, Tom. It, it's okay, cool. see? <laughs> neighbor Tom. Oh, this and this cracks me up because I did this too. And this, you, the, you as a kid growing up in Southern Illinois, I'm gonna guess you did not call Grobber on sports phone, but I, I did, did not call, call sports phone. Somehow I knew I, who Grobber was, though. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think everybody in the country knew Grobber. So, and again, if you grew up in Chicago and you're of of a certain age, uh, and I'm 49, going on 50. You called sports phone during the day. If you wanted to find out the scores and what was going on sports-wise and you didn't want to wait for the local news and it was like 3.30 in the afternoon, you would call sports phone. And as I came to learn many years later when I started working in this industry with these with Schuster and Grobber and Fred and George Offman, all the guys that we have worked with over the years – they all worked at SportsPhone. Chris Bowden worked at SportsPhone. They would record yeah. sportscasts, basically. And for a phone call, which you paid for, you could get all the latest updates that you wouldn't get otherwise till you got the next morning's paper or uh, watch the local news that night. There is something kind of cool about that. Um, it was great. Oh, I, I yeah. loved it. Yeah, there, there is. Like, you, you had to do these very old-fashioned things to, to get your information. And maybe it's better than being fed information immediately. Like I, yeah. I do think, I do think Twitter is the best thing Twitter does, or that that it's useful for is breaking news, by far. Like because reporters, whether it's hard news or sports or whatever, usually the first thing they do is tweet it. So if something yep. happens, you're finding out within minutes, as opposed to uh, uh, it used to be like it would come across the ticker. Um, which would be what, like a half hour maybe later yep. after the actual news happened. So there is something to be said for getting information in real time. Somebody got traded and you can find out right away. Like that's kind of cool. But there was also something um, comforting about having to <laughs> call this re- <laughs> this recorded phone service to get the sports news. Just ridiculous. Like remember, like the same thing when you used to uh, – uh, call the number to find out what the time and temperature were yeah oh for sure no and listen i i love scrolling twitter as much as the next guy sometimes i have to put it down just be you know if it's getting too ridiculous depending on the topic but certainly for sports and certainly for breaking news or like and i've done this a bunch of times uh, you know there's a game on and you may have missed the ending but you heard it was or you saw that it was uh, a phenomenal like game-winning touchdown pass well i can go on twitter and punch in you know, like last night, the Titans beat the 49ers, game-winning field goal. If I wanted to see that field goal 10 minutes after it happened and I knew about it, I go on Twitter, I punch in Titans 49ers, and guess what? I'm going to see that highlight in about it's 10 right there, seconds, yeah. right? Yeah. So that is that is delightful. I mean, and, and I do appreciate that uh, about uh, modern technology. And I do, and I know it's a generational thing. Uh, a lot of us like uh, what we grew up with, and that's... That's just it's uh, nostalgic that's just and comfort. Is. Yeah, that's all it it's is. It's comfort. Uh, we, a texter, by the way, suggesting that I might want to get the hard copy in the newspapers back so that I can shoo away Dave the cat. <laughs> like I could use the paper to hit the, the cat and get him off me. 
when could, I move in could, with Brody in the in the new scorehouse in the city. You could use it in his litter box too after you read it. That's that's, that's right. Harry. Now you're now now you're looking here's, now you're looking for thing about uh, things to do. Cats smell. They smell bad. We we have a dog. I am not a cat person. I've never had yeah, a cat. Either. I've had friends that have had cats, but uh, and I'm not anti-cat. So let's not start up the anti-cat uh, score text line here. But I'm uh, anti-cat. I think they're horrible. <laughs> You're hardcore. <laughs> hardcore anti-cat. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. What? Well, I mean, they're useless. You might as well get a goldfish. You got a cat? Get a goldfish. They're usually around as often as the goldfish. You know? Yeah. You come home, where's the cat? Oh, it's hiding somewhere. Okay, well, I guess I'll leave out food for it. Yeah, I never never got the cat thing. Uh, Final newspaper thought, too, before we we head to break, uh, and several people have pointed this out, and shame on me for not mentioning it because I do do the Sudoku and the crossword puzzle. If you have the hard copy paper, Chris, and I know lots of people out there do that, you've got a New York Times crossword and a Sudoku and then many other word jumbles and puzzles it's lots of fun in your daily newspaper there, my friend. I bet I have that on my phone also. <laughs> <laughs> but me, you can't write look. on your phone. Oh, you yep, can't write on is. your phone. <laughs> yep, I found it. Oh, God. <laughs> See how long that took? <laughs> <laughs> He's Chris Raji. I'm Mike Esposito. We are in for Bernstein and Rahimi today. Uh, Christmas Eve and hope you're enjoying your holiday season so far and and have a, a great Christmas coming up with your family. Coming up Espo, next, we're going to switch gears. Espo, yes, sir. Espo, I got to cut you off here because I want to know something and I want you to think about this during the break. And I want people okay. to think about this too. The best Christmas gift you've ever gotten in your life. I want you to wow. think about that. And you could give me like your top two or three if you want. Because I was okay. thinking about this earlier today. Like the the one gift in your life that you were like, holy crap, I can't believe this happened. I want you to think about that and let me know. That's a tough one. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to think about it, and I and I will uh, keep you posted on this. We'll have to discuss this uh, before we're out of here at noon. Texters, feel free to throw us at three one two six four four six seven six seven. Throw yours in there as well. When we return, we're gonna talk some bulls. Rob Schaefer from NBC Sports Chicago will join us. Uh, it's Chris Ranji, Mike Esposito in for Bernstein and Rahimi today here on 670 The Score. Did you ever have a moment through this ordeal where you said, like, how in the heck did I avoid getting COVID? I mean, pretty remarkable. Um, I mean, I don't really do too much. You know, I just play and go back home, really. I mean, it's not a, a lot of situations where I can probably get COVID. And, you know, I'm just thankful that I, I haven't got it yet. There's Lonzo Ball. Answering Casey Johnson's question there about uh, being one of the few Bulls to not get COVID. And uh, he has certainly been one of the stalwarts here early on in this Bulls season. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Great Christmas Eve and a wonderful holiday season. It's uh, Chris Ronji and Mike Esposito in for Bernstein and Rahimi this morning here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Uh, We're going to talk some Bulls now as we jump on out to the score hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. From NBC Sports Chicago, Rob Schaefer joins us. Rob, good morning. Appreciate your time this morning. Morning, guys. Appreciate you having me. Well, we're glad to have you on this uh, Christmas Eve as Espo and I talk about newspapers. Do you uh, still get a physical newspaper delivered to your house or have you ever? Oh no. Uh, well, I, as a, as a 24 year old turning 25 in April, um, 
I I have my digital newspaper subscriptions, and that's See, how there you go. That's how I keep that, it alive. We had a couple of like thirty-year-olds who said, "I get a newspaper. I get I get it seven days a week," and I was stunned by that. So I would it would it's, have been a huge upset if you would have gotten it too. <laughs> well, now now that I've been publicly publicly shamed a little bit, uh, I I may. I may have to go and uh, secure a couple because um, I, I do I do relate shamed. to the I do relate to the you know it's always better to hold it in your hands but it just it has not been something that has been a part of my life well, unfortunately. The, well, and the good news is though that you are supporting the the news and uh, the reporting and and the uh, organizations that do the reporting by paying for their for their content for their for their you know online content and. Uh, whether it's the athletic or the trib or the sun times or wherever it is. I mean, that's uh, important as well. So uh, we will give you partial credit on this and, and let, I'll let you off the hook with that. Because I think you get full credit, 24, you get full credit for me, Rob. You were right. Go, Rob. You were right. Exactly. As 24, 25 years old, you're probably uh, never had a new uh, uh, newspapers growing up either. So, um, and, and you know what, Lonzo Ball, listen, uh, we heard Lonzo coming in. He was one of the few guys to avoid COVID uh, and avoid uh, uh, being out. But but really, uh, you look at it, and the Bulls seem to have kind of weathered that storm. They, they lost a few games while everyone was out, but uh, nothing horrible. And, and they actually played pretty good basketball at times. Well, listen, knock on wood, but as of yesterday, they have nobody in protocols. Uh, so, I mean, they're, they're COVID-free for the time being. Um, which, you know, I personally, there were times, you know, because it started on December 1st with Kobe White testing positive. There were times where you kind of never thought you'd see the day. But the, uh, you know, the Bulls were kind of the first team to get hit by what became a surge around the NBA. I actually think they, they in some ways, you know, benefited from being that first team because they did get two postponements um, in the middle of kind of the worst of their outbreak. So, you know, they had two pretty bad losses to the Cavs and Heat when they were playing pretty shorthanded before those postponements. Then you have the Pistons and Raptors games, uh, you know, push back. And then, you know, like you said, they obviously came out and played really well against the Lakers, played good basketball against Houston, and uh, have kind of righted, righted the ship. And then you have another postponement against Toronto because of, you know, COVID issues with the Raptors. But, yeah, I mean, the Bulls have weathered it now, you know, come out of the holidays. You know, I, the NBA will be on high alert and, uh, I, you know, implementing league-wide daily testing because of the potential for guys to gather and things like that. So, again, you know, you hold your breath. This, this pandemic has showed us that anything and everything can happen. So we'll see, you know, how the next week or two unfolds. But, you know, as of right now, the Bulls have to feel like they're sitting pretty, 19 and 10, second in the East. And coming out of the holiday, they're going to be, you know, one of, if not the you know, healthiest team from a health and safety protocol perspective um, around the league. So they have a chance to even take off further than, uh, than the start they've had, which has uh, already you know, exceeded a lot of people's expectations. I, I believe the league was tossing around the idea of allowing players maybe to come back quicker if they were fully vaccinated, boosted, all that stuff, and also asymptomatic if they tested positive. Do you think they'll adjust in that way? I do think they eventually will. I'm not sure exactly what you know, uh, where in those negotiations they are as of right now. But it's something that Adam Silver talked about in his kind of, it was almost a state of the league address amid this COVID surge on ESPN with Malika Andrews a couple of days ago. And, I, you know, I'm not privy to this data or information. So we take his word for it to a degree. But, you know, he talked about how the league and even some in the medical community, independent of the league, have, you know, found information that seems to indicate that 
maybe people that are vaccinated and boosted, you know, the virus moves through their body a little bit faster, not only from a symptom perspective, but also from a, you know, being contagious, shedding it, spreading it to other people perspective. Um, so I, I do believe that, you know, sometime, you know, probably as soon as they can, they'll, uh, you know, amend that 10 day quarantine mandate uh, for people that do test positive, um, you know, and if there's, you know, the right data to back it up, I think it's something that could assuage a lot of frustration for players and teams because, you know, I, the sense I get is that it's just, you know, like I said, frustrating um, for a player who is asymptomatic to have to sit inside for a week, week and a half um, as, you know, in the Bulls case, as the team became incredibly shorthanded. I know a lot, I know a lot of other teams are going through the same thing. So if there is a safe, sensible adjustment to be made. I absolutely believe the league will do it. I think um, it would, you know, soothe a lot of teams, uh, you know, annoyances with this whole thing and, uh, you know, potentially, you know, hopefully in a safe way, get us moving towards, you know, a little bit more normalcy. We thought we had it early in the season, but it's obviously been disrupted for a little bit. Right. No. And we heard DeMar DeRozan say, right, his biggest symptom was boredom, right? When he was in quarantine and couldn't play, couldn't do anything, and, and had to stay isolated for those 10 days after his positive test, but he did not have any symptoms. And then he mm-hmm. promptly came back and, and helped lead the Bulls to to uh, wins over the Lakers and Houston. So, uh, you know, surrounding those two wins were the cancellations the previous week and then the cancellation the other night against, against the Raptors. So it certainly makes sense, and, and it's uh, great to see that, you know, a lot of these guys that have already had their vax uh, you know, the symptoms have not been that bad. And if anything, uh, it's more of a, a cautionary thing, right, that 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 they had to isolate. But uh, certainly something that can adapt throughout the season. And, and it makes sense to have it adapt as they learn how to deal with this better. Exactly. And, and you know, nobody saw this new variant, this, this new highly contagious variant coming at the beginning of the season. So this has been a wrench, and obviously it's kind of thrown the league into flux having to adjust, uh, you know, their testing protocols. And that's led to, you know, discovering a lot of positive tests um, and guys being out. So, yeah, they'll have to be adaptable. I think everybody um, understands that around the league. And, and you know, with the, with the asymptomatic stuff, I, I, I'm sure there's a little frustration to it. But at the same time, the sense you get talking to players is that they understand, um, you know, the, the safety aspect of this too. Um, so it's not as if, you know, uh, you know, guys are up in arms or anything like that. But, uh, you know, if they can adjust based on, you know, the the right information and keep things safe, I think it'll, you know, be a good best of both worlds if they can eventually get that agreed to. Rob, uh, talking about what's been happening on the floor for the Bulls, even in the absence of a bunch of these players, DeMar DeRozan has been fantastic. And, um, you know, I've been on the station the last couple of days and we've talked a lot about him in particular and, and what he's been capable of doing um he's been great and a lot of people doubted that he would be this good and we're only a third of the way through the season does this appear to you to be something he can keep up for the remainder of the season and into the playoffs i don't see any reason why not uh at this point i you know this is this is i think a lot of people are surprised maybe that you know demar's game has sustained the way that it has because you know he kind of has an old school style obviously his his mastery of the mid-range being kind of the foremost um aspect of that but if you look at what he's doing i mean nothing is blowing out of the water his you know career precedence i think it's just something for him to be having maybe his best season in the nba being a you know top five or six mvp candidate in his 13th year at age 32 um it's just been pretty remarkable he's clearly energized being in chicago um 
you know, for me, a third of the way into the season, things start to stabilize, you know, things that you see, you know, you, you start to become more confident that they're real. And to me, this is a, this is a legit Bulls team that um, I don't see any reason why they can't continue to get better. And DeMar has shown no signs of slowing down. I mean, if coming out of, I know he was had an asymptomatic case, but still coming out of protocols after, you know, a week to two weeks uh, off your feet, that's a challenging thing. And for him to come out and have the game that he had against the Lakers, um, with 19 points in the fourth quarter, uh, really taken over um, down the stretch. Uh, you know, if that's an indicator of kind of the resolve and the resilience that he has, I, I don't see any reason why um, it can't continue. And it's only going to get easier for him uh, with Zach Levine back now uh, from protocols. I mean, even even after the Lakers game, he joked that he was texting Zach like, hey, man, this is, this is hard work. Like, we need you back here. Um, and those two guys have undoubtedly combined to – fuel um, a lot of the Bulls' improvements in crunch time, late in games. Um, you know, you kind of have to pick your poison as an opposing defense. So I think the concert between those two guys uh, probably makes it all the more sustainable. Um, you know, we'll see how seeding breaks out playoff-wise. That's stuff to be decided, you know, at a later date in the season. But, um, you know, the way the Bulls are playing, there hasn't really been a let-up for these guys. Um, they've weathered the protocol storm. I don't see any reason why this can't be something that continues throughout the rest of the season. And um, even into the playoffs, I mean, they look, they look right now like they're positioned to be a top four seed. So that certainly gives them a big advantage. It's, it's been a while since we've seen a playoff atmosphere at the United center, but you know, back when there was, it's, it's a tough place to play. So, you know, that, that'll be working in their favor too, if things continue the way they are right now. Last minute or two with Rob Schaefer from NBC Sports Chicago. You find him on Twitter at Rob underscore Schaefer. And uh, speaking of Zach, I mean, I think a lot of us coming into the season, you expected this to be Zach's team. If you kind of had to assign, uh, assign a hierarchy to, you know, what you would see. Certainly, in my mind, this was Zach's team and DeMar DeRozan and, and Lonzo Ball would come in and be be nice pieces to have and they'd be an improved team, but there would be no question that this would be Zach's team. And now it's really, and I'm not going to say it's totally DeMar's team, but you mentioned it. It's really more of a two-headed monster and really more to the DeMar side as far as things have gone uh, early on in the season. Uh, and I think Zach seems pretty cool with that. I'm not saying that it's going to be that way the rest of the way. I'm not saying that one is better than the other, but I'm just saying that from, a, from an outsider's perspective where it seemed like this was going to be a Zach Levine team, it certainly seems like he is willing to do kind of the Batman and Robin thing with DeMar DeRozan. Oh yeah. Trust me. There's nobody happier about that dynamic than, than Zach Levine after, you know, what he's been through for, through the first six, seven seasons of his career, all the coaches he cycled through the multiple rebuilding phases that he's been in, in uh, first in Minnesota. And then after being traded to the bulls um, in Chicago, I, I, not only, you know, do you, when you, when you hear Zach about tomorrow, do you sense a, a deep appreciation for, you know, his style of play, his poise, the experiences uh, that he's had and kind of the veteranship that he brings. I mean, you also just sense a, you know, uh, uh, a relaxed nature, a happiness to not have to shoulder the load all himself um, anymore. And I think, I think in, in a lot of ways it speaks, you know, you mentioned Lonzo, it speaks to the broader dynamic of the team where it really is a pretty unselfish group. It's a group of a lot of guys that have individual things to prove. Um, obviously, you know, there's a varying degree of playoff experience. Alex Caruso has won a championship. DeMar has been to a conference finals, but then you have guys like Zach and Lonzo who haven't been in the playoff series. Uh, Nikola Vucevic, who, you know, in the, the, the couple times that Orlando uh, made the playoffs in his tenure there were first round outs. Um, so not only, you know, I, I think with Zach, there's a sense that I don't think he cares where the wins comes from as long as, you know, the wins are being piled up given his NBA history. 
I think that sense kind of trickles down the roster. Um, and it's, to me, part of why this thing has come together and coalesced so quickly from a chemistry perspective, both on and off the court. Um, so, you know, talk about sustainable aspects uh, to what the Bulls have built here. I think that, you know, first and foremost is, is one because whatever bumps and, and, you know, potholes in the road that you face over the course of a season to have that underlying foundation, it, it, it makes it a lot easier to adapt and, uh, you know, be adjustable um, if you have that, you know, baseline level of respect and unselfishness. Uh, so, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I see that uh, from Zach, too, and I even think it, uh, you know, it permeates the roster a little bit. Espo started that question by calling it a two-headed monster, and I think the Bulls were hoping they'd have more of a three-headed monster with Vucevic uh, yeah. part of that. Do you see uh, – are there signs to you when you watch him play? And in particular, the last game was pretty good. But but do you see him maybe starting to be where he needs to be and where they thought he would be when they got him? I think there have been signs the two games since the kind of week-long break that they had with the postponements, especially in the Houston game, I found it encouraging that he was doing a really good job of attacking <clears throat> size mismatches um, with the Rockets. They switch everything, and, you know, they have a lot of smaller players on the perimeter, and Vooch was hunting those post-up opportunities and getting his inside. You know, I, I think he has the reputation of being a jump-shooting big because he has developed such a reliable three-point shot over the course of his career. But he's a guy that wants to get it inside and out um, and, you know, pass out of the post, pass out of the short roll when he's in pick-and-roll scenarios. So, you know, as much as the scoring hasn't been there, um, the, the, the passing, the screen setting, he's even, to me, been above what his reputation is defensively this season. For him, it's always been about getting shots to fall. The, the three-point percentage has been gradually upticking throughout the season. What's really been holding him back is his finishing. He's just been uncharacteristically low shooting around the rim. Um, and to see him improve in that respect, you know, against the Lakers and Rockets, I think that, to me, is a, a pretty encouraging sign when projecting what he might look like moving forward, it's been a big adjustment for Vooch. You know, he's not having everything run through him anymore, the, anymore the way things were uh, in Orlando. But if he can, you know, establish himself on the interior and let that, you know, kind of feed his, you know, mid-range and, and uh, three-point shot making, uh, I think you could start to see that three-headed monster, monster round into form. Um, it's no question, you know, as good as the Bulls have looked, even with him struggling, this team's ceiling is capped if Nikola Vucevic doesn't, you know, begin to creep towards the efficiency that he's had earlier in his career. Um, but the key is, I mean, promising signs over the last two games. He's had good games this season. It's just about it being sustainable. So, you know, as, as important as those two games are, him looking a little bit better, I think more important is tracking it when we get out of the holiday here and the Bulls are back on the 26th, see if he can, uh, you know, continue it moving forward because it's really been about consistency with him more than anything else. Yep, and Rob, we will see, uh, we'll be good to see the Bulls back uh, Sunday, the 26th against the Pacers at home, and then they've got a bunch of games next week. We really appreciate your time today. I hope you have a a wonderful holiday season, a Merry Christmas, and uh, thanks for jumping on. We'll be checking out uh, your work, as always, on NBC Sports Chicago. Yeah, Merry Christmas, guys. Thanks again. Thank you, Rob. Rob Schaefer, NBC Sports Chicago, at Rob underscore Schaefe. If you are a Twitter person and you want to, follow Rob, you should do so, and uh, some good Bulls information there, uh, as always. Uh, when we come back, Chris, we will continue our, our Bulls discussion and also some interesting replies to your uh, your best Christmas gift ever question. I, I was uh, I still am thinking about that. It's, it's an interesting one because uh, 
It's not one I've ever thought about before, but we got some good ones coming in via the text line. We'll continue our Bulls discussion as well. We'll get back to Bears during the 11 o'clock hour. Why are you watching the Bears going down the stretch here in the season uh, as we head into the the last three games of the regular season? That's Chris Ranji. I'm Mike Esposito. We're in for Bernstein and Rahimi today on 670 The Score. And we are back. The Bernstein and Rahimi show here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. You hear Christmas music and you think of Chris Ranji. I know I do as well. So it's Ranji and Esposito here. (laughs) Why why am I the only person with with real Christmas spirit around here? I I think I have some serious Christmas spirit going on. You sound like a real Scrooge to me. Brandon Fryer back in the studio is like, I don't want to play Christmas music. And I said, well, you better do it because it's Christmas Gotta time. Ha- That's right. If we're playing Christmas music, uh, if we're not playing Christmas music today, then when are we playing Christmas music? June. And I did enjoy, <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I did enjoy your, uh, your takedown of the, uh, the Mannheim steamroller and who were the other oh. ones the other day? The. Oh, the, uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Oh, the trans- Get lost with that crap. <laughs> uh, I am 1,000% with you on that. Um, I love the traditional stuff. I enjoy uh, some of the, you know, the rock covers. There was a some albums put out back in the 80s and 90s called A Very Special Christmas, and they had, like, rock bands like, you know, U2 and yeah. Springsteen, and they do Christmas covers, right? That was cool. I, yep. I enjoy that. Uh, I, I, and my all-time favorite Chris, you, you want to take a stab at what my all-time favorite Christmas music is? Take a stab. Like, you mean song or artists or? No, it is. It is. So it's a CD, but I mean, so album, but CD. The, 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 the Christmas album that I play in my house more than ever, and it should not surprise okay. you that, yes, I play the CD, but uh, I could stream it on my Amazon Music or whatever else, but take a guess. Uh, is it the Rat Pack Christmas? It is. <laughs> it is not. That would likely be my brother's, the Frank Sinatra Christmas album. But oh, mine is. Oh, it's fantastic. Mine is, and, and it, this again comes from childhood. The Charlie Brown Christmas Charlie Brown. album. The Vince yes. Guaraldi trio. I, I swear to you, and I never had this. I never listened to this outside of seeing it on TV once a year. Yeah. Yes. Espo. You have it. Yeah. I Chris have it right is, here, man. It's the best one. It the is. Charlie Brown I, I, Christmas album is yep, the best I, uh, Christmas album that I, I have. W- was just listening to it in the car yesterday. There this, you have it. This album, I, I love it because, so when you go back and watch Charlie Brown Christmas, it uh-huh. kind of sucks, but <laughs> but it was it's it was good when you were a kid, you know? Oh, it was great, and and I still I I was uh, we we do a thing here uh, where I live uh, in our in our little area where where everyone will kick in and buy outdoor Christmas trees. So you'll have your indoor Christmas tree, and then you know everyone will get the outdoor Christmas tree and decorate that too. And it's kind of a neighborhood thing, and it's it's pretty cool. Anyway, we we participate in that. And last year, our tree you know you could see where I'm going with this. Our poor outdoor tree. It was the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. It was it was about as Charlie Brownish as as possible. It kept falling down. I had to stake it into the ground, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and it still wouldn't stay up. You know, um, but I, I still find uh, I still find many references uh, every year to the old Charlie Brown 
uh, Christmas special. And, and forget about that. The music on that album, I mean, it's the music from the special. But it just, it's I don't comforting. know. For, 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 it's so comforting. That's that's exa- exactly the right word. I, I find it very comforting, and it absolutely takes me back to the Christmases of my childhood. And it puts you in that that kind of spirit and that good feeling. Um, but that's it. You, that's exactly the one. That's what I listened to. I, that most. was that was going to be my second guess. I I promise you because I my number one is the Rat Pack Christmas and and I like that stuff just because my grandparents sure. listened to it and it was always on whenever you know we'd be over there at the house yep. and uh, and like Bing Crosby not in the Rat Pack but my grandmother used to play White Christmas on the piano so uh-huh. I, I remember that stuff as a kid. And he had the original version of that song. So I love it. I love all of that. And then, then my second favorite probably is the, uh, the, the album you were just talking about. I like some of the new stuff, like newer stuff. Um, the Michael Buble album is great. I love yeah. this Christmas album. I'm a huge uh-huh. Michael Buble fan. Uh, I like the InSync uh, the, the uh, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. That song, I like okay. the Jonas Brothers song. Hey now, you make me feel like it's Christmas. <laughs> that one, I love Mar- that one. Mar- Mariah Carey, I'm sure, is is high on your list, Mariah right? Ca- I well, here's why I like Mariah. At first, I hated it, but then it became nostalgic for me because it was the only like if you're. I like to go to bars, Espo. Sure. I like to partake in nightlife. I like to Absolutely. meet with the people. And you're a man of the, the people. That's right. It is that for years when I was going to the bars around Christmas time, it was the only Christmas song that the bars would ever play. You'd never hear anything else. It was only Mariah Carey. And at first I hated it, but then it became nostalgic because it reminded me of being out and about on the town at yep. Christmas time in Chicago. So, so I love it. I love it now. So you you will appreciate this. And again, I'm dating myself, but back in the 90s and in Does the early 2000s. Know? She does actually, because I, I met her at okay. one of the bars I used to work at. But I used to DJ. No, I mean that you're some dating yourself. Sports bars. It was a... no. <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, hey. I used to. Hello. I I used to DJ in some of the bars. I used to work at Gamekeepers in Lincoln. R.I.P. It's no longer in existence. I used to work at. I Joe's remember Gamekeepers. Oh yeah. Yeah, I used to work at, uh, and I worked at Joe's on on Weed Street, which is still there, Wait, and you, you could still go see fans there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you worked at Joe's. For... Yeah. I when I was a that. young buck, tr- when I was a young buck trying to make it in this radio business, that those oh. were the jobs that kept me so, uh, kept me paid, my friend. My guys, my guys, Ed and Tommy over there. Oh, at, uh, absolutely, yeah, they're the best. I, I I still communicate with Ed, uh, not regularly, but periodically. He was actually uh, he was at the uh, the Field of Dreams game. And he got some good TV time. I was oh, I texting him uh, after that. Yeah, it was pretty oh, uh, pretty him. comical. Well, but I anyway, my point early. I don't know if you know, but. <laughs> My my point in t- my point in telling you all this is that I used to pull out the Charlie Brown, you know, the Linus and Lucy song, or I would pull out the, you know, the covers uh, versions of whatever and play them at Christmas time. And you mix it in with your regular, you know, DJ music or whatever else you're playing. We used to, you know, play all over the board. And I'm sure now bars just have their playlist and you just kind of set it up and, you know, it's automated. But back then I was the playlist. I was I was the uh, hourly playlist guy. And I would sit up there and have a beverage or two and, and play songs all night. So, oh, uh, I love. But the it. Christmas music, oh yeah, I mean, let me tell you, Linus and Lucy from the Charlie Brown Christmas CD got tons of play. 
yeah. we would play some of the Sinatra stuff and and some of the Bing stuff and a little Melikalike Maka is. Oh yeah, know, that's a good I one. I won't start singing for you. Oh yeah. yeah. And uh, for the Christmas vacation devotees, uh, which we see a million times in our house, so that is uh, certainly. Uh, it's fun. It's good stuff. The Christmas music, it, I, it can be overdone. Uh, no offense to uh, the uh, station on the FM dial that flips it to Christmas music about November 2nd, uh, because I'm sure it's, it's not, their, it's their, not their, soon enough. It's, it's way they start too October soon. 15th. No, no. I, rem- I, I remember thought. this. I was, I, I, I was at, I went to Costco to, to buy a bunch of, you know, whatever crap for the house. And this was pre Halloween. <laughs> And I remember, and I remember this, Chris, it was pre Halloween because I made a note of in my head. I'm like, this is ridiculous because it wasn't even Halloween yet. And not only did they have all the Christmas stuff out, but they were playing Christmas music in the Costco and like the last week of October. And I'm like too early, too early. You know what that makes me want to do? Get a Costco membership. (laughs) That's what it makes me want to do. I didn't know that they went that hard that early. Oh I, man, uh, my, my, I was no. This is I my favorite just... time of year. This is my favorite time of year. I I love Christmas time. I love the music. I love the decorations and the lights and all of that stuff, right? So, I feel like we are sort of robbed that we, by most people's standards, we should only get it for about a month and a half out of the year, and I think that's ridiculous. It's so great. Give me two solid months of it. So as soon as Halloween ends, I think it's it's time to go. And you know, forget about Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's boring. The color scheme's boring. Nobody cares about orange and brown. Ugh, I, we don't like that. I, w- I want to get me the green and the red and the gold and the lights and all of that stuff. So we can celebrate the Christmas season, still have Thanksgiving, take, take a little couple of days out, uh, have your Thanksgiving, and then uh, go back to celebrating Christmas season. I'm I, I two solid months of it. We should have it all the time. I love it. I, I have no problem. It is also my favorite season of the year. I just thought, you know, October 25th or whatever was too early for Christmas music in the store. That 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 was my opinion. But you yeah, obviously I, disagree. I totally disagree with you. Well, and uh, also uh, pentatonic sucks. <laughs> Well, and the good news is this is moot now as as we are here on Christmas Eve and and uh, we will gladly enjoy any and all Christmas music today. Uh, hope you and your family are enjoying the holiday season and getting ready for a great Christmas. When we return, uh, we will go back to Bears. Uh, I've asked this question. I would like to get uh, answers via text 312-644-6767 or your calls, same number. What are you watching for in the last three games of your Bears season? And I don't know if we have to do this or not, Chris, but we can, and I will take you back to Bears drafts. As we talked about earlier in the show, let's not absolve Ryan Pace completely of of what we're seeing on the field right now, as as the expectation with Nagy being let go after the season is certainly there. Let's not let Ryan Pace off the hook either. We'll do that. We'll talk Bears when we come back. It's Chris Ronji, Mike Esposito here with you. We're in for Bernstein and Rahimi this morning on 670 The Score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.